Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Mike Esposito on Sports Radio 670, The Score. And that is us. We are back on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Mike Esposito with you until noon. That is when the Bet Rivers Bears pregame show presented by MailmanChicago.com comes on with Hub, Patrick Manley, and Olin Krutz. We are broadcasting live from The Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And uh, we are pleased now to bring on my friend and yours. You find him on Twitter, at Mark Grody Sports. Mark Grody joins us on the Alpamani Nissan. Alpamani Nissan is in Melrose Park on North Avenue or at apnissan.com. And he celebrated a birthday yesterday. Oh, man, a big weekend. We've got a birthday on a Saturday and a Bears playoff game on a Sunday. Good morning, Mark Grody. Good morning. I am, you know, I do love my birthday, man, but I woke up excited today because it's it's NFL playoff football and the team that it I is. cover is involved in it. And there's a song, Mike, that keeps going through my brain. And maybe if I share it with you, it'll get it out of my head because and it's part of the, the strategy that the Bears are going to need. There's a seal song. And I'm sure you mm-hmm. remember you and I are the same age. We like uh-huh. the same stuff. I didn't necessarily love Seal, but who didn't love that song, Crazy? And the lyric goes, we're never going to survive unless we get a little crazy. That's Mm -hmm. what Seal said, and that's what the Bears are going to have to do today because no matter what they think they're getting, they could have the most sound game plan in the world. They could follow it to a T, but there has to be more than just doing everything right today. They They did a lot of things right against, you know, during their winning streak against those lesser teams at the end of the year, and that worked. You know, David Montgomery running the ball, being efficient with your passing game, getting just enough defense. Today, no matter how sound and how good you execute your game plan, it's not going to be enough unless you get a little crazy against the Saints. I, and I love the Seal reference. This is probably the first time in score history that singer Seal has been referenced in a Bears breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> but I, and can, I think it was pretty good. I think it was pretty I, good. I'm not going to lie to you. 
I love it, and it actually makes perfect sense. And I, I will go find my Seal CD from circa 1991 when the show is over at noon. But uh, I do have it somewhere. But no, I, I agree with you. And you know what? I think they started to do that uh, at the beginning of the Packers game last week, right? I mean, you saw the very deliberate uh, offensive game plan in terms of marching down the field, and they punched it in for a touchdown on that first drive. I think your problem with something like that, and I don't know that uh, – well, let me know. How do you view Drew Brees versus Aaron Rodgers? Because I, I knew the second they started kicking field goals instead of scoring touchdowns that this was likely trouble for your Chicago Bears. And I, I don't oh, think yeah. we can do we can see that again this week. Yeah, it's the same thing. Now, they're, obviously, they're different quarterbacks at this point in time in their lives as an Aaron Rodgers can still fling the ball down the field and put the ball absolutely anywhere. That's no longer the case for Drew Brees, but he's still smart as ever, savvy as ever, 24 touchdowns to six interceptions. He also has two weapons for this game that he did not have the first time around against the Bears. And... As you know, I'm sure you've talked about Michael Thomas. He mm-hmm. is with the team this time around. It was not the last time around. Emmanuel Sanders as well. He's a 726-yard guy. And then Alvin Kamara, who was there against the Bears the last time. Alvin Kamara leads this team in everything offensively, mm-hmm. in rushing yards, in receiving yards, which may not have been the case if Michael Thomas had played this year because even Thomas, with having missed all the games he's missed, has you know close to 500 yards receiving this year. But, yeah, I mean, that – with with the Saints offense and what they can do, that makes the Bears defense and and they have to this is one of those days too. And I talked about getting a little bit crazy. I don't want to overstate it, but I think that you if you're the Bears defense, this is the day where you take chances and you you can be forgiven if you overcompensate a little bit on your assignment in the name of going after either punching the ball out or going for an interception, because that's what this game is going to require, I feel like. Some sort of pick six, a kick return touchdown, just something like that, um, Mm -hmm. considering what the Bears are missing and what the Saints have. So, yeah, it's it's a huge factor. And look, the the Saints, as much as we talk about Drew Brees and their their receiving weapons, they run the hell out of the ball too. I mean, they're yep. they're you know tops in the league or close to tops in the league and in, in rushing the football. And they've had a dominant season in that regard. So if they get going in that area, uh, an area that the Bears have been weak in at times this year, we've seen it all year. A pretty consistent flow of jarring moments for the Bears defense in not stopping the run. Then, then all of a sudden you're like Aaron Rodgers in that first game against the Bears this year where they, they were running the hell out of the ball. And then, and then Aaron Rodgers was like, oh, this is even easier than it usually is. And that's the same right. way it would be for Drew Brees. Well, certainly the Bears defense has regressed in the second half of the season, and that's my concern. And I, I was also reading just uh, in, in kind of breaking down some of the game stuff with the Saints, just how the defense, not that they are – bad they're you know rankings wise they still I think they're 10th or 12th whatever it is uh, overall uh, amongst NFL defenses but the defense that dominated in 2018 and the team we fell in love with in year one of of Matt Nagy's tenure that defense while a lot of the names are the same you have another two seasons of mileage on a lot of those guys and not that Khalil Mack is bad or Eddie Jackson is bad but they are certainly not doing what they did uh, two years ago and I don't know if that's the aging of the defense, if it's something different that they're doing schematically, it's different uh, from Vic Fangio coming down to to Chuck Pagano. But no question that even though a lot of the names are familiar, the results are not necessarily there. And I don't think we see this anywhere more uh, uh, clearly than in the takeaways. They only had 16 takeaways all this year. 
Right, and we have not been able to attach the word elite to the Bears defense since the 2018 year for sure. I mean, even last year, I mean, we don't talk about it much, but even last year you saw, the, and again, you're right, Mike, the, the numbers are there, and you can go back and look where the Bears are top 10 in defense even last year, but we watched every single game with extreme focus, and even last year, there's no way you could call the Bears defense elite, and then it's even taken a step back this year in in that same regard to where it's kind of surprising like mm-hmm. the surprising part is is like you could handle the bears not being elite because they were playing at such a high elite is hard that's hard to get and that's hard to maintain so to take this a little bit of a step back in 2019 you could understand the bigger problem and, and it did rear its head a little bit last year too it it comes back to that part where i think bears fans just always assume that when the Bears defense is good, the one thing they're going to do is stop the run. There there have been so many jarring moments this year where there have been explosive runs by opposing teams' running backs. I mean, going back to the very first game this year when 35-year-old Adrian Peterson was busting through the Bears' mm-hmm. defense. So, and, you know, it's funny because I, the, the one real answer I got out of Chuck Pagano was that guys have been in the wrong places on defense, that there are guys that are not where they are supposed to be on specific plays. So, you know, I don't think this is a matter of of an aging defense. I don't think there's anybody that's old enough or collectively this defense is not old enough to say that because I think last year we would have said, like, this defense still has three or four more years in peak condition. So it just seems like there's been some breakdowns mentally on the field or however you want to characterize that when Mm -hmm. guys are not in the right place. So, and there's been, we've seen it a few times this year and last week where guys are dropping potential interceptions, turnovers that they had in 2018 and and to some degree last year just aren't happening. And some of that's luck, but some of that too, we know is, is your own made luck too. Right. Well, and you look at the defense today specifically. So Hicks came back last week. So he and Nichols up front, uh, Eddie Goldman, of course, and you know a lot of people forget this. This is a guy who should be here, but he opted out. It, his decision, totally. But I think this is a different team if you put Eddie Goldman in there as well. Um, but you know, let's not go there today. Where I want to go is this: Roquan Smith uh, will not play. Josh Woods questionable, and he's the backup. If you if you don't know who Josh Woods is, and I don't blame you because yeah, you know, a lot of people didn't before you saw him out there last week when Roquan got hurt. Uh, but he's questionable with injuries. So Joel Iwe Buniwe, I hope I got that right, is the next in line, and he is a special teams star, uh, and maybe star is a little bit strong, but he plays on all the special teams. But he would be your next up at inside linebacker. The other factor, Buster Screen, still out, and Jalen Johnson questionable. What, if anything, do you know uh, on Johnson, and how do you think uh, the linebacker injuries uh, affect what they want to do today? Yeah, first of all, um, we don't know, still don't know anything concrete on Jalen Johnson. My guess is that he will give it a go, that he will he will try. I mean, just the fact that he was out there was encouraging because I had thought that this was trending. Honestly, I had thought this was trending, not going to play again and going to have some sort of minor surgery on the shoulder. So the fact that that's not happening, at least not now, surgery, mm-hmm. and that he was out there, that says to me they're going to give it a go with him. And if not, it'll be Kendall Vildor again. 
Obviously, there's there's no going back on Buster Screen. He is out, and mm-hmm. Duke Shelley. Hopefully, you know they have coached him up a little bit more this week and really dialed in because that area got exploited last week. As far as the line, I mean that's the biggest thing, Mike. And you know that with Roquan mm-hmm. Smith out, a guy that is all over the field and has a ton a ton of responsibility. I mean, we're not, he's, he's got the earpiece this year, meaning that he is the communicator for the defense. He is the guy that gets everybody in the right place. He is, he is actually vocalizing more this year. I hear him when I'm down on the sidelines for home games. Like he's a different guy in that regard because he's been given that responsibility. He's been given the green light. So he gets guys set. And then we know that he is sideline to sideline. So there's so many different facets that come with that. You know, I don't know. I, I think Josh Woods is probably healthy to go. But as you mentioned, and you came really close, man. Joel E.A. Booneyway. He probably Damn. will get some playing it's time. Close. No, no. That, hey, no, you were you. You did it justice, my friend. He probably <laughs> I, 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 I would like to see him get some playing time out there as well today. And then dare I say, and I know Bears fans will love hearing this. I don't know if these guys will actually be active today, but Manti Teo was promoted <laughs> from the practice yesterday. squad to the real roster. And a fellow by the name of Christian, or excuse me, Marquis Christian, also another linebacker who was promoted from practice squad to real roster. Again, that doesn't mean that those guys will necessarily be active, but one of them could be. So that's that's the way it is. I mean, there there's no other way to, to paint this or describe it or detail it. The Bears are at a big loss not having Roquan Smith in there. Probably their best defensive player this year. I don't know how you feel, but I think yeah. he's been their best player this year. A hundred percent. And let's not confuse that linebacker with former fullback Bob Christian. Different players and uh, different oh, eras of Bob Bears. <laughs> yes. Big white fullback. Yeah. That's Wasn't right. He? That's him. He was yes. a Northwestern yes. grad, and uh, yes. Anyway, I digress on the Bob <laughs> Bob Christian. That's not but, digression, uh, Espo. That's good stuff. Don't worry about it. Be confident in yourself, my friend. It's it's Bears. Bears. Um, so as <laughs> a, as we continue though to talk about the Saints, a lot of people think of Saints and only think offense. The thing with this Saints group is that their defense is a top of the top tier, top of the league defense this year although they have some injury concerns as well they do um yeah no you're right man this is a defense and we'll get to the the big injury here in a second but this is a saints defense people don't know that is allowing 21 points per game they are fourth against the run they are fifth against the pass this year Yes, Trey Hendrickson is out for this Saints defense, and that's 13 and a half sacks. But they still have Cam Jordan, who has seven and a half sacks and just a really top-notch player. The Mario Davis, their linebacker, 119 tackles this year. You'll see, you'll hear and see a lot of him out there. Um, you know, you have Janoris Jenkins, the the cornerback who leads this team in interceptions this year. He's got three of them. Um, you know, Marcus Williams, Malcolm Jenkins, and then, of course, the deadly C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who Uh-oh. you definitely want to not allow to antagonize. He is the one for people who nope. forget that antagonized yep. Javon Wims to the point where Javon Wims punched a guy. So and, and it's not just like the look, it was a horrible move by Javon Wims to do what he did in that game. And everybody was mad at him. Yes, yes, yes. I get it. But. This guy, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, gets in everybody's face. And so you have to – you got to – I think the Bears will have learned from that first time around. But, yeah, there's a lot of names. There's a lot of name guys on this defense. And, yeah, that's a break for the Bears to not have Trey Hendrickson. But this is this is not like 
you know, one of those defenses where they are so dependent on one guy to make their whole defense go, they're still going to be very sturdy even without him. Right, and I know we we have always seen lots of Cam Jordan uh, on their defense. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, you mentioned Janoris Jenkins. I mean, this is a team that's going to get after you. Um, and they have statistically been, I mean, it was always uh, the, the early Drew Brees teams. It was always, you know, can you outscore the Saints? Because, you know, they're going to score a ton and we're going to get a ton against their defense because their defense stinks. That is not the case this year. Uh, and I definitely wanted to kind of make that point. And we've seen this team before, but. That was a different – I don't want to say it was a different Bears offense. It was Nick Foles. This is Mitch. How do you think this looks different with Mitch Trubisky in there, if at all? Well, I mean, yeah, you go back to that game on November 1st, and in all actuality, Nick Foles had a pretty good game that day. Yeah. Um, you know, he played – and I'm not saying – I'm not at all trying to make a point, well, put Foles in because he played well. No, not at all. Um, and Trubisky in that game, that was the game in which he was injured. Um, you know, I think that we, we unfortunately, we, we saw a little bit more of what the Bears offense looks like against a better defense. And that was the case with the Green Bay Packers. You know, that, that's a similar type, type of team offense and defense because it's a complete team. And Trubisky and the Bears did not look great. Obviously, they, they you know, look good on the first drive. They were able to get the ball into scoring position, but that ain't enough. So I am a little bit concerned with just the Bears offense in general and not necessarily Trubisky himself. But with, without Darnell Mooney out there, another, another one of your playmakers, you have mm-hmm. to figure out ways to push the ball into the end zone. Um, you know, And I asked the question, too, this week that, Look, the Bears did a great job of taking chances last week against Green Bay um, with all the fourth down conversions. And then the irony was that it was on a fourth down conversion that they essentially lost the game. But I I was good with them doing that. And I asked the question, do you have to go for it even more on fourth down this time around? And do you have to take even more chances downfield? And Trubisky straight up said, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, I, he said, I right. would like to see us take more chances. So so maybe instead of getting the ball down to, you know, when you're on your own 40-yard line, maybe go deep at that point, try to put the, you know, take some shots to the end zone as opposed to the red zone and, mm-hmm. you know, you know, take those chances in that regard because, yeah, that's a tougher defense. And the Saints, too, I mean, we talk about Drew Brees not being quite as powerful as he once was. This is a team that has averaged 38 points per game in their last three and for the year they have averaged 30.1 points per game which is you know top five in the nfl yep and last thing for you mark as we let you go we appreciate you jumping on as always i thought of this while watching the buccaneers game last night in addition to the fact that we were likely to get lots of taylor heineke calls to the bears for (laughs) on the show this morning uh i thought as i'm watching tom brady i'm like i'm like brady and breeze are so smart and similar in terms of managing an offense and just being masters of that offense and knowing where to go with the ball and being on target. And even if the arm strength for breeze is still not there, I mean, that guy's like coach number two out there on the field. And that's a hard thing to deal with. Yeah. I mean, you can't depend on him making mistakes. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL that you can just, you can go into with the game plan and say, yep, here's how we can force this guy into making a mistake. Tom Brady and Drew Brees are guys that are not flawless. They are not mistake-free, but you can't depend on them making mistakes when you go into games. So, 
Yeah, and and look, they have every reason to be motivated to. I mean, they're good on the field. And then you talk about the peripheral stuff with this maybe being Drew Brees' last year. The the playoff failures in the past with with the Saints team. So there, there there's a lot. There's a lot that they are trying to protect that I think actually means something. So, yeah, I mean, that that's the thing with, with Breeze, that you're always going to see a heady quarterback. And it's not like he can't go deep and he can't make explosive plays. It's just that it's those are that's not something he does as well anymore. He, he's like the aging starting pitcher who is now more crafty than he used to be, but he still knows how to get it done. That's that's in my brain. That's where that goes. Uh, yeah, it's, ba- like, it's, like it's, it's, it's like if Seal was to do a concert now. It wouldn't be the same. You know what I mean? He'd probably do like That's seven right. to ten songs, but and and maybe Crazy would be played early on. I'm not sure, you know? No, that's the finale, I think. That's got to be the grand finale for oh, a yeah. Seal concert. I'll be expect, by the way, I'll be expecting young Jordan Malley to be playing that as one of your bumpers at some point in time. I, so, I, yeah. Oh, oh, he's, oh he... look at this kid. This is why I love me some Jordan Malley. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's see if you could work uh, Seal in uh, to next week's show when the Bears take on uh, the Green Bay Packers again after they get you All a right. birthday victory today. We'll see if we could do that. How about I that? I would appreciate that, Espo. Great hearing you, man. Thanks for having me on, brother. All right. Thanks, Mark Rohde. Appreciate you as always. Mark Rohde, you find him on Twitter at Mark Rohde Sports. He is all over the Bears' sideline for our sister station, WBBM. Uh, you hear him on the score all the time. Fine young man and celebrated a birthday yesterday. So if you happen to see Grody, wish the man a happy birthday. Mike Esposito here with you. We have lots more to come on the show. We are here till noon. Hub and company on the Bet Rivers Bears pregame show presented by MailMedChicago.com. Come your way at noon. Uh, we will also have Bulls basketball for you today at 245. Bulls take on the Clippers. After that, though, we flip back to all Bears. So as soon as the Bears game ends, uh, we will have our normal Bears postgame and our post-postgame. So it'll be Bears wall-to-wall as soon as the Bears-Saints game ends. So you can uh, tune your radio dial right here to 670, the score. Coming up, we will talk uh, from the Saints side of things to Rod Walker, the New Orleans advocate. Uh, That comes in the 11 o'clock hour. We'll talk to Chris Emma uh, from the uh, score staff who covers the Bears. Deuce McAllister, former New Orleans running back, coming your way as well. And up next, we just talked about Drew Brees. We'll hear from the Saints quarterback next. It's Mike Esposito right here on 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. Um, I thought that was Darth Vader who was was chiming in. <laughs> oh, that's see, this is what we're we're uh, relegated to nowadays. That was Drew Brees on his Zoom call earlier this week, and some reporter clearly having trouble with his Zoom. And Drew Brees making Darth Vader jokes. And Jordan Malley, our producer, coming back with Seals Crazy like a pro. Love it. Mike Esposito broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And you know, Drew Brees and Sean Payton have been here before. Here, uh, meaning facing the Bears in the postseason. Uh, It was January of 2007, so 14 years ago. Uh, that the Bears and Saints met in the NFC title game. That was a game won by the Bears, 39-14. to 14. Uh, That was their uh, Super Bowl year against the Colts when they lost to Peyton Manning. Uh, but Drew Brees talked about that, uh, that he and Peyton 
have been here before against your Chicago Bears. Hey, Drew, we know that obviously there's a sense of urgency with the every year, but does this year feel different than others, or does it just kind of fall in line with all the rest? Well, um, I mean, listen, we've learned a lot over the last four years. You know, obviously we've had a ton of success. We've won a lot of games. Um, you know, we've had some unique playoff experiences, um, you know, that we're, we're going to be able to draw from and learn from. But at the end of the day, I, this is a team that, you know, maybe unlike the other three, have just found a way despite a bunch of crazy circumstances. Um, you know, I was thinking about it uh, a little while ago. And, and like offensively, we've had backups play at every position during this season. And it's pretty remarkable when you think about it, um, just the amount of contribution that each guy has had, you know, across the board. And you can say that for defense as well. You can say that for special teams. And I just think that's really unique. I think it says a lot about this team, um, our ability to find ways to win, but also just, you know, the leadership, individual guys and, and their ability to get themselves ready, but also just to, for others to rally around them and put them in the best position to succeed and then just watch, you know, watch their growth and, and maturation throughout this season. So I think more so than anything, it just it makes you really proud of this team. It makes you want to play even harder for this team and the guys in that locker room. Hey, Drew, I know this is a long time ago, but I was wondering if you ever think about that 2006 NFC Championship game and if you do, like, what's the memory that kind of stands out from it? You talking about the which game? The 2006 NFC Championship game against the Bears. Yeah, no, I, I, there's a lot of things that stand out about it. Obviously, going up to Chicago, you know, we got down early. Um, I believe it was 16 to nothing and we turned the ball over and just you know played horribly and then remember we scored right before halftime I, I remember the exact play to Marcus Colston and then we came out first drive and and threw that long pass to uh, Reggie Bush or it was kind of a short pass to Reggie and he did he did a lot of the work um you know taking to the house and then we had an opportunity to kind of drove down to kick a field goal to take the lead which obviously would have been a huge momentum shift in that game um unfortunately we missed over from there but um yeah I, you know, that was that was obviously all of our first playoff experiences here um, in the Sean Payton era um, was that year and and kind of culminating into that game, you know, which kind of capped off, you know, what was the storybook season? Obviously, it wasn't the result we wanted to finish with. And yet I felt like it really paved the way for um, that 2009 championship and, and a lot of what we've been able to accomplish since then. Hey, Drew, given the, um, you know, the heightened sense of urgency now in the postseason, is there a way as a team captain and, and among the other team captains, that you all can create some sort of, uh, uh, sort of responsibility among teammates just in light of a bubble, for instance. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there to is. Each other, there, to each other and, and, and to avoid these things. Listen, those conversations have been taking place for a while now. And so there absolutely is that sense of urgency. There absolutely is that sense of responsibility. And these are all conversations that we've had and everyone's on the same page. I wanted to ask you, you know, you've been with the team for a few years. Uh, have you seen the, the way the roster is kind of built change over those years? Or, or has it, you know, kind of always been the same from your perspective? You talking about with our team? Yes. Oh, man. It's the, 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 crazy, the crazy thing about our game, and I was told this when I first got in, was if you play, if you play long, even though you may play, you know, with one organization. So let's say the Saints. I've played with the Saints for 15 years now. I've really probably played on four different teams. You know, like when you take kind of pockets of, of the core group of guys from 06 to 09, and then maybe from 09 to 13, and there was like 14, 15, 16, 
that kind of lived on its own. And now 17 to, to you know, 2020. Those are really four totally different teams, units, groups, um, cultures, um, you know. So, yeah, I've seen, I mean, there's always tons of turnover in this league. I would actually say that our team is probably one of those teams that has experienced the least bit of turnovers at the core positions, you know, ever since I've been here. Um, you know, it's rare that, for example, you know, playing with that group of receivers from call it 07 to 13, Marcus Colston, Devery Henderson, Lance Moore, Robert Meacham, you know, like having that consistency, having the consistency on the offensive line that we had, you know, during that stretch of time. And then, you know, over the last, um, you know, four years or so as well. So, yeah, there's there's something that's been unique, I think, about some of the core leaders, core group within our locker room here. And yet still, it's just the nature of our business. And that is a lot of turnover. Hey, Drew, uh, is, is there a sense for you at all when you're going through through this now in, in this season at, at your age that, that you just don't you aren't going to have many opportunities left, whether it's this year, next year, two years from now? You know what? Honestly, I have played um, the last four seasons in a row as if it was my last. So as I sit here right now, my approach is very much the same. Have you already privately made a decision on whether this is your last season? I've made a decision about being the best I can be this week so we can go win this game so we can keep playing. <laughs> uh, also, when you talk about how good the replacements have gone, uh, how curious are you to see what this offense looks like if it's you and Michael Thomas and Alan Kamara out there only 10 quarters all season with all of you guys together? Yeah, I, I, that's 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 you know hard to believe. And, and again, a testament to our team and all the guys that have stepped up and played such a pivotal role here. So um, at the end of the day, whoever's out there, you know, there's a level of expectation to the preparation throughout the week that puts us in a position to go out and execute and be successful on Sundays. Um, I'm excited to have Mike back, um, excited for Alvin, um, you know, with what he's gone through recently and uh, just for our whole squad. Um, listen, we, we need a great week of prep, though. We need a great week of prep so we can go out and execute on Sunday. Hey, Drew, uh, this offense this year, as good as you guys have run it, best rushing numbers of the 15 years Sean Payton's been here. Is that an offense that's sort of made for the playoffs when you can run it well? You know, it's weatherproof, that kind of thing. Is running the ball like that I, yeah. going into it? Listen, I think, I think anybody would tell you that, um, you know, the best teams can run the football and play great defense. You know, I mean, those are kind of the two core things that you look at with any um, team that has staying power, that has, you know, the ability to – you know, play anywhere, anytime and, and overcome anything, you know, and, and sustain. So, yeah, that's that's a good formula. So Y'all play all regular season long to get the best possible seeds. You can have home field advantage. Um, but this season, that obviously, that home field advantage looks a little different since there can only be 3,000 fans at the game on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, how can y'all create as much of home field advantage as possible, just knowing that the dump won't be anything close to what it's like normally for the playoffs. You know, I'll be honest. Um, it's not even a discussion. You know, it's, listen, it's our team against their team, whatever the environment is. It's kind of the way it's been the entire season. It's just been one of those weird seasons. I think we've all adjusted accordingly. And you just go out there and think about execution. doesn't matter where you're playing or even who you're playing, honestly. I mean, you focus on your job, your business, being your best, executing your plan, and let the chips fall where they may. Is it still weird for you, though, or have you gotten used to it? Yeah, no, it's weird. I mean, listen, 
we'd love to get the Houdat chant going for the game. We'd love to hear the crowd getting crazy, everything else. Um, but it, it's we just worry about what we can control. Drew, uh, what's the least amount of on-field practice you've ever had and played in a game? And and uh, how do you think Alvin will do it? Yeah. Alvin? Well, there's there's listen. Everybody has their own formula, you know. Um, and and I would say that uh, I think Alvin's going to be just fine. You know, um, I think it's all it's something all of us have had to deal with at some uh, in some way, you know, whether it be an injury or whatever the whatever the absence is where you've you, you, you have to find your way to prepare both physically, mentally, emotionally leading up to the game, even with limited reps. Was there a game that you played that you hardly had any practice? Yeah, there's been a couple of them this year, actually, where, you know, maybe just get, get a few throws on Friday and not on Saturday and you go out and play Sunday. Did you, I don't know if you remember um, a long time ago, Denver won the Super Bowl and Pat Bowl and did this one for John and handed him the trophy. And I just, you know, I just wonder how you want to be seen by your teammates and at this stage. I know you can always say, well, it's just we're just thinking about the team this week, but you guys have personal relationships and yeah, it's got to be weighing on them somehow. How do you want them to, do you want them to see you as a motivating force? Well, all I know is this. I'm, I, didn't, I didn't come back to play this season for myself. I came back for my team. I came back for the city. I came back for the organization. That's why I'm here. That's Drew Brees on his weekly Zoom call with reporters. And uh, you can tell he wants no part of any retirement talk, uh, at least right now. He's here for this game and this season. And uh, uh, he wants to keep playing, quite obviously. We, we continue to break down Bears and Saints. And I mentioned it before. It's worth mentioning again. Uh, since that NFC title game back in January of 2007, when the Bears beat Drew Brees and the Saints, uh, the Bears have had 14 starting quarterbacks and four head coaches, and the Saints have had Drew Brees and Sean Payton. They'll have to stop them today if they hope to advance in the NFC playoffs, which would set up a rematch uh, from last week with the Packers. Next week, we're getting ahead of ourselves, though, as they got to deal with the Saints today. Uh, coming up next hour, we'll talk to Larry Holder from The Athletic. He covers the Saints for The Athletic. We'll talk to Chris Emma from our staff. We'll talk to you uh, at 312-644-6767. Coming up next, uh, Saints legend, I guess I can call him that, Deuce McAllister, the running back, uh, was on with the Parkins show earlier. Uh, Deuce had some Bears breakdown for you. We'll give you some of that next. It's Mike Esposito right here on 670 The Score. I thought that was Darth Vader who was, was chiming in. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. The first time I realized we were going to be on Nickelodeon was someone tweeted about me getting slimed, so I had to look that up. I would only enjoy being slimed if we won, and I would be willing to be slimed if we won, whatever that means. Thank you for that, Sean Payton. We'll put you on Double Dare next. That's uh, Sean Payton, the Saints head coach, and yes... Today's game will be aired, among other places. You can watch it on your normal CBS, I believe. Uh, Nickelodeon will uh, have the game with uh, children commentators as well. So check it out if you want. I, I don't know. We may flip over. Why not? We have we have kids in the house here, but uh, otherwise we'll be uh, enjoying the broadcast as per normal. About five hours from kickoff, Bears and Saints, uh, and we will have your full Bears postgame uh, right after the game ends. So flip over to the score. As soon as the Bears game ends, we'll have uh, our normal hubs post-game show and then post-post uh, with Olin and Big Ant uh, after that. So we will have you 
after the game. Here's what's coming up the rest of the day on the score. Uh, I'm on here till noon. The Bears pregame show, uh, the Bet Rivers Bears pregame show, presented by MailmanChicago.com with Hub, Olin, and Pat. Uh, that comes on at noon, and they'll take you up to Bulls basketball at 2:45 after the Bulls, as I mentioned, flip on over as soon as the Bears game ends. We will have plenty of Bears postgame stuff for you after the game, post post, and then of course. Our friend Les Grobstein will have you overnight uh, taking you up to Mully and Haw. So lots of Bears. Hopefully we talk about a Bears victory uh, as the Bears take on the Saints. And as I mentioned before the break, should the Bears win today, and they are 10-point dogs, but should the Bears pull the upset, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers would be next week's opponent. Saints running back Deuce McAllister, uh, one of the best in their franchise's history, uh, was on earlier this week on the Danny Parkin show. Danny and Big Ant Heron. Uh, Deuce talked about the Bears game, among other things, with the guys. What are your memories from that 06 NFC title game? Those were triggering memories, and probably, like you said, not very good. I mean, just to kind of go through the emotions of um, hear, hearing some of those calls and then obviously knowing how it finished, uh, you know, but but for us, we were good, but we we weren't good enough, obviously, uh, to be able to go on to the big dance. And you just have to salute and tip your hat to the Bears for the job that uh, they were able to do. Um, you know, particularly with slowing us down, stopping us, and being able to go on and um, you know compete for a Super Bowl championship. The Saints roster—they're accustomed to making the postseason every year. Bears have kind of an interesting blend with a few veteran guys who've played in a a frequent amount of games, and for the most part, it's a lot of guys who kind of played in one playoff game a couple of years ago. How would you describe the way that things ratchet up once you get to to postseason football? It's faster. It's faster. Um, There's not a lot of hesitation. You have to be ready. Uh, There's nothing guaranteed the next week. You know, when you're in the regular season, you know outside of week 17 and really even then – you know that there's next Monday. You know, today may have been the last practice for a lot of guys as far as Thursday is concerned. You know, some players obviously, uh, rosters change year in and year out. Even some players, they may not be picked up, and that's that's across the league. So particularly for teams that are in the playoffs, this may have been your last Thursday. So from a preparation standpoint, you have to make sure that you're doing everything that you can. And then once the playoffs start, you see teams that are willing to put starters in maybe roles that they normally wouldn't play in as far as um, uh, let's just go with special teams. So you may put a starter back there or star punt returner or, or, or uh, as a kick returner or even covering some of those things. You know, maybe you have a deficiency in some of those things. You don't do that for the regular season. So everything speeds up and there has to be a sense of urgency in the playoffs. So, Deuce, we know that the Bears are huge underdogs here, so there's going to be plenty of things that we talk about during this conversation that that favor the Saints. But one of the things that I loved when we had you on during the regular season was you were honest about some of the flaws with the Saints. And so I I would like to start there. Like, Where is your team, the Saints, vulnerable potentially on Sunday? I still think it's in time. I mean, I think when you talk about the offensive line – Nick Nick Easton is a young man that's probably not going to play. Uh, he's one of the guards. He can play left guard, right guard uh, for you, and he's been playing right guard. You have Cesar Ruiz, who is the rookie center that you took, and he's he, he's played guard pretty much this whole year. 
uh, who who will be more than likely stepping in at that position. Caesar's played. I mean, Caesar has played, but that that that's something to watch. I mean, because if Chicago can, we we know the pressure that Akeem can get, but if they can get pressure inside on Drew, you know. That's a problem. I mean, that's a problem for New Orleans. And really, you know, now you talk about not being having time to be able to distribute the ball to some of those playmakers that you have on the outside because you can't protect the quarterback inside. And so uh, I think if you're looking for anywhere defensively where you feel like, hey, this is somewhere where we can win without a doubt, I would have to say that it's inside. Do you see any reason where Saints fans would, would or should be concerned about how Michael Thomas could get utilized from as, as limited as he's been on the field throughout the season here and if he just sort of poof appears in the playoff game on Sunday? He's only been on the field with, with Drew and Alvin for 10 quarters, and that being Michael Thomas. You know, Drew has missed time. Mike, Mike was able to come back for a couple games, but Drew wasn't available. So as far as chemistry and timing, there are certain routes that they will have, and that's the biggest thing with Sean. Uh, he won't lean on him exclusively, but when they need some type of play or some type of yardage, I would not be one bit surprised if they go to the bread and butter as far as Michael Thomas. And so uh, I, don't, I don't think that you're too worried about the overusage in that particular situation because for Sean, he knows that he can still run his offense and it doesn't have to be uh, heavy with Michael Thomas being that feature like you know you, you, you got so accustomed to last year. So – the idea, too, of just timing it all together, uh, Camaro, what's the word? Are you hearing that he's going to give it a go? From a testing standpoint, I think he will be fine. That will be really the thing uh, that, that will hold him back from a testing standpoint. Um, as far as knowing the game plan, doing some things, he'll be fine in that situation. I mean, he's a smart young man. They, they're doing some, some technology stuff where he can obviously be involved and watch practice and do some different things of that nature. You know, the, the, the question that I, I, I truly can't answer because I don't think anybody knows, how is his body reacting to, to that virus? I mean, we, you don't know. And so from a testing standpoint, you don't know how he's going to react. But if he's fine from that, that, that point, he, he's playing. Uh, I really was impressed with the way that New Orleans and Sean Payton utilized Alvin Kamara in that that first matchup with the Bears during the season here where they pretty much matched him up on, on any Bears defender they could find out in space, whether it was a safety, a defensive end, a linebacker, you name it. They took advantage of that as a pass receiver. Being the versatile back that you were in your career – how would you kind of break down how, how difficult it is? It's one thing just to have a skill set that suits being a rusher, a receiver, inside, outside, but it's not necessarily an easy role that Kamara is in to be sort of the Swiss Army knife for the entire offense. And here's what's interesting when you talk about Alvin and his role in that offense. At this point of the season, and I know he wasn't available this last game, they have not used him like that <laughs> the second half of the season. He has not really gotten into space as a receiver a lot like he was, you know, in week seven, week eight, earlier in the season. They were leaning on him so much to be all of the offense because, you you know, you didn't have Michael Thomas for a stretch. You didn't have Emmanuel Thomas for a stretch. And so it was, all right, how do we – 
the play football 20 to 20 about running routes, but being able to create separation with different coverages. And so whether you, you know that the defender has inside help or he's got outside leverage, how can I manipulate this coverage so I can still be able to get open and still be able to, you know, be effective as far as the offense is concerned. That's what he's been able to do. And, you know, that, that's probably the most impressive part of it when you talk about a back going out there and running some of the routes that he, he's able to run. Deuce McAllister, the color analyst for the Saints Radio Network, former Saint, is our guest here on The Score. Uh, When we talked to you earlier in the season, you talked about the secondary having communication problems and, you know, Marshawn Lattimore gambling and being susceptible to the big play. Is that still a vulnerability for the Saints in the back end? They've been a lot better. You see a little bit as far as maybe the penalties, uh, the holding calls or the pass interference stuff, but they have been a lot better with some of the technique issues as far as and communication issues uh, that they had earlier in the year. And I mean, it was a total, total 180 from that group. And like I said, it was a lot. It was surprising to see it happen because you can see a lot of it in camp and they were a veteran group. So for them to have those miscues like they did, it was kind of perplexing but they have been a lot better here the second half of the year and you know the only thing that if you're going to gripe about something like I said it's the pass interference pass interference calls or the holding calls as a, a guy who doesn't study the Bears closely I'm curious what what are the assessments you've had from the outside in about the stretch run that they had winning three out of the last four Trubisky back at QB the Saints didn't have to face Mitch the first time around how do you see the Bears through your lens well, one thing is you, you, you're probably not playing elite defense like you, you, you have known, and I think that's probably because your, your defense has been banged up a little bit. Uh, you're missing some guys as far as in that situation. And so, you know, from a coverage standpoint, you're probably not playing uh, normally the quarters that you see so much uh, of the Bears. You know, it was surprising that they played so much man-to-man when you go back and you look at that New Orleans uh, film uh, uh, against the Saints. That was probably a little bit surprising. The other part is, you know, when you talk about – the run that they've been on it's it's probably because of the offense and not to say that it's surprising but I think it's more of uh, playing to the strengths of Trubisky and then obviously leaning on the running game to be able to say hey look you know if I can get my bat Montgomery 25 30 touches whatever it may be he can carry us but I mean I think playing to the strengths of Trubisky uh, you know you talk about the RPOs you talk about some of the half field reads uh, being able to get him out of the pocket those are things that he's done really really well and so that's what you have to be prepared for when you talk about facing this team uh, that's a little bit different than what you faced obviously uh, when we came up there earlier this year. Yeah, I mean, the numbers suggest you can't run against the Saints. Is that true? You can't run against... Against against the Saints' defense, right? I think you're fourth in no, rushing yards well, against. They, 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 they have given... They've been able to stop teams, but, you know, in my opinion, the last three or four weeks, teams have had success. And I'm not going to really... Um, count a lot of the Philadelphia game. I mean, because Hertz is a different animal, particularly in his first start. But I think teams have been able to get some positive rush yards against the Saints, which has been surprising. Now, Malcolm Brown hadn't been available, and uh, Trey Henderson hadn't been available a lot. I know they've, they've got some guys banged up on that D-line, but teams have been able to run the football, you know, as far as probably more surprising than earlier in the year. That's Deuce McAllister, former Saints running back on earlier this week with the Danny Parkins show right here on 670 The Score. As we prep you and get ready for Bears and Saints with kickoff at 340, 
the first playoff game, uh, Baltimore and Tennessee kicks just after noon. Uh, we will have Hub, Olin, and Patrick Manley, the Bet Rivers Bears pregame show presented by MailMedChicago.com, uh, coming your way at 12 as well. And uh, I've got a bit of news that I will read for you now, and uh, we'll talk to Larry Holder from The Athletic next. He covers the Saints. Uh, but Chris Mortensen, uh, probably uh, the most plugged-in football reporter of, of recent memory. Uh, Adam Schefter would be in there, too, and, and among others. But uh, Mort tweets that... Uh, Deshaun Watson remains unhappy with the Texans, says those are accurate reports. Uh, say the QB, sources say the QB is still angry about the team's insensitivity so, to social justice, uh, and they failed to interview Eric Bieniemy for their head coaching position. Uh, so he is speculating, is Chris Mortensen, that Deshaun Watson could play hardball with the Texans about a trade. His $156 million contract includes a no-trade clause, uh, but Mort is hearing that he would consider a trade to the Dolphins, which makes sense if you think about this. The Texans are obviously going to want a huge haul back for Watson should they trade him. And I know Bears fans are like, oh, trade for Deshaun Watson. But I have no idea what the Bears would trade for Deshaun Watson. My guess is they don't have enough. Miami has Tua, Tua Tunga Viola. And that would certainly be a package starter for Deshaun Watson. Anyway, something to keep an eye on as we look around the NFL as we get ready uh, for playoff action here on this Sunday. Uh, more's, more Bears and Saints breakdown next. We'll talk to Larry Holder from The Athletic. He is the beat reporter for the Saints down there. Uh, Larry will join us next. Mike Esposito right here on 670 The Score. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.